Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Colossians 1, 27. I'm in the middle of a thought by Paul to this church to kind of demonstrate one great truth in the Bible. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. Something hidden or unrevealed in the past. This mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to talk to you about those three words, Christ in you. You may be seated. This month we've been preaching about Jesus like we always should. Uh, April the 2nd, that Jesus is who He says He is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. The Sunday before Easter, what is known as Palm Sunday, preached about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the crimson stream of blood that flows from the Garden of Eden to Calvary, but it ended with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. We thank God for the saving blood of Jesus Christ shed on our behalf. Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. He was the perfect sinless sacrifice and He took our place on the cross. Last Sunday on Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But even more than that, that we are risen with Christ, but that effect of that is now we have Christ in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Today I want to show you in the Bible what it means to have Christ in you and how is He in you and what effect does it have in your life. Well, first of all, it's important to understand the work of God by His Spirit because there are some people that are confused about God the Father and the Spirit of God and and the Son of God. But it's important to understand that there is one God. Amen? There is only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. Cannot be divided. He is materially one. And when God works, He demonstrates His glory and His power by His Spirit. The Bible says in Genesis that God's Spirit moved on the face of the waters. There's no difference between saying God created the heavens and the earth, or God said, let there be light, or God said that His Spirit moved on the face of the waters. For everything God has ever done, He's done by His single Spirit that is the expression of Almighty God. God is a Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit, And in truth. Now in the Old Testament Bible, the Lord moved on people by His Spirit. People of faith. And He empowered them to do what was humanly impossible. He did it by the expression of His Spirit. We could say by the Holy Ghost or by His Holy Spirit. In fact, the Apostle Peter, looking back on how the Bible was written, he said, holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. It was the inspiration of God that gave us the infallible Word of God. 
When Moses marched into Pharaoh's palace and said, Let my people go. And Pharaoh said, No. Through Moses, God worked those ten plagues, the miraculous hand of God. He did it by the Spirit and through Moses. When Samson, the judge of Israel, carried off the gates of the city, he did it by the empowering of Almighty God, by the Spirit of God. Prophets spoke in the Old Testament hundreds or thousands of years before the events actually were fulfilled, and they did that by insight and understanding that came by the Spirit of God. Now some people try to make a difference between the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of the Old Testament, and the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. But there is no difference in the kind of God's Spirit. For everything that God has ever done by His Spirit, it has been by His single Spirit. And what God did in the old and what He did in the new is not different in kind or species, but it is different in dimension. Amen. The prophet Joel saying what God would do on the birthday of the church, the day of Pentecost. He said, it shall come to pass afterward or in the last days that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. It will be poured out on sons and daughters and servants and handmaids. It won't just be on an exclusive number of prophets or priests or special people who demonstrate God's power in a certain way. But I'm going to give my power and I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to give it to common people just like the people that are sitting here today. I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. That Spirit was given to Jesus Christ. In Him, the Bible said, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That you saw the mighty power of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus was fully man, fully God, conceived of the Holy Ghost, born of a virgin, crucified when He was 33 years of age or so, buried in a tomb, raised to life on the third day, and He is still alive, always will be, and He ever lives to make intercession for us. That is God in flesh. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, to wit or to understand that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Jesus said, the works that I'm doing, believe me for the work's sake. And believe me that I am in the Father and the Father that is in me. And the words that I speak, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, He does these works. That same Spirit that moved on the face of the waters. That same Spirit that said, let there be light. It dwelt in the body of Jesus Christ. And every word He said, every work He spoke that was anointed by the Spirit was God Almighty at work in the body and the life of Jesus Christ. Now there's a verse of Scripture that is kind of obscure to some people. John said in John 3.34 that God sent, speaking the words, For God giveth not the Spirit by measure 
unto Him. Now I'll come back to this, but when you received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in a language that you never learned, God imparted to you a portion of His Spirit. But there's no one here, not even the most spiritual among us, who has God's Spirit without measure. But in Jesus Christ, He had the Spirit of God without measure because in Him dwelt all the fullness of the power of God bodily. And Jesus operated by the power of the Spirit. The Bible said He went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil in the power of the Spirit. And after He said no to those three areas of temptation, He came out of the wilderness in the power full of the Holy Ghost because Jesus from beginning to end was empowered by the Spirit of God in His life. Every time He opened a blinded eye or He raised the dead or gave forgiveness, He gave it by that same mighty power of God that has always existed and filled the body and the life of Jesus Christ. Matthew said that Jesus would be Emmanuel or God with us. Now, we understand that when God made Adam, He breathed into Adam the breath of life and it was then that Adam became a living soul. And we believe that what Jesus lived was the existence of God in flesh and that He lived and breathed in the will of God, empowered by the Spirit. So the same breath that gave Adam physical life, gave Jesus physical life and spiritual power. Toward the end of His ministry, Jesus gathered His disciples. And the Bible said in John that Jesus breathed on them. It was kind of to portend or to let them know that something that has to do with breath or wind is going to happen to you. He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And it wouldn't be long until they were praying in a place when the Bible said the place where they were sitting, there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And the breath of God came into them by the power of the Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance, that same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in you, it will empower you just like it empowered Jesus Christ. Now Jesus spoke of this idea of the power of God, the breath, the wind of God coming into us. The word spirit from the original in Greek, it's pneuma. It is wind. That's what the breath of God, it is the spiritual presence of God that comes into your life. In John chapter 14, verse 16, notice this on the screens. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper, another comforter, the King James says, that He may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you. I'm speaking to you right now, Jesus could say, 
and I am dwelling with you and will be in you. That's why my text today is Christ in you. He is the hope of glory. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans or comfortless. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. And at that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, the Bible says, But you are not in the flesh if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Now this is very important. That if you do not have the Spirit of God living in you, the power of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, those are the same thing. You are not belonging to Christ. You do not belong to Jesus Christ. But if you have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you, you have Christ in you, and you belong to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> now that's not just some feeling. That is a power that lives in you. And Paul said in Romans 8 and 11, that if that Spirit lives in you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it will quicken your mortal body. When you receive the Holy Ghost, it will give you power to do a lot of things. And at the coming of the Lord, it will give you power to get out of the grave or get off this ground. Amen. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul said this mortal body is going to put on an immortal body. And my corruptible flesh that will decay, decay will put on incorruption. Then shall be brought to pass the saying which is written that death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death where is thy sting? Oh grave where is thy victory? When you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, it will quicken. It will empower. It will change your mortal body. Amen. Christ in you. Galatians said that God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We have relationship, sons and daughters of God. Sometimes you may feel alienated, but when you have God's Spirit inside of you, you become a son our daughter of Almighty God. The Bible said in 1 John 3 that we know that He abides in us by the Spirit that He has given us. To Him God would make known the mystery 
What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? That it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I've alluded to this, but there is an initial sign that the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in you. And it occurred when the Holy Spirit was poured out on, for the very first time on what we everybody calls the birthday of the Christian church. It was on the day of Pentecost, a Jewish feast day, when thousands of Jews were gathered to celebrate that feast of Pentecost that came 50 days after the Passover. You are at a church, we call ourselves Pentecostal because we believe in the experience that took place on that day way back then for the very first time and we believe in the relationship that is begun with receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. When they received the Spirit with all the other manifestations or things that happened to them, there was one consistent sign that you have been filled with the Holy Ghost and that is that they spoke in a language that they never learned as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to speak. Now, if you're new to this idea, you may be freaking out right now and you want to know about what in the world is this speaking in tongues. All I can tell you is that it is in the Bible. It is from God. Nobody but God can give it to you. We won't teach you to do it. But when it happens, it will happen to you. Amen. Brother Kevin, can, could you bring Elijah up here just a minute? Just a few weeks ago, Elijah received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I won't embarrass you, Elijah, but he was down here praying a while ago while we were all praying. How old are you, buddy? Seven years old. Did anybody ever teach you to speak in tongues? I mean, they didn't tell you to say different words. Nobody told you to say, like, say this word over and over, right? No. But when you received the Holy Ghost, did you speak in other tongues? And I saw you doing it right here again today because nobody's going to try to make you do it. But it is so easy to receive the Holy Ghost that even if you're a seven-year-old boy, you can be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Elijah. Jesus said, if you earthly parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father know how to give the Holy Ghost to them that ask? It is God's great gift of salvation. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. But I want to show you what the Holy Ghost does in you. What, what happens when you receive the Spirit? I mentioned Joel's prophecy in Joel chapter 2 that the Apostle Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost when they received the Holy Ghost and some were mocking and some were confused. And, and Peter said, this, these men are not drunk. They're not crazy as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This has continuity. It is not some standalone experience. It is tied to what God promised from the very beginning that He would come and make His dwelling with us. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Joel said it's going to give you power to prophesy. You'll dream spiritual dreams, have spiritual visions. You're going to have just common people are going to have the Spirit of God in them, working through them to do what they can never do on their own. I mentioned this, but the Spirit gives you relationship. It makes you a son or daughter of God. It gives us the spirit of adoption. Paul said, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Father. It's an affectionate term that God is not austere or distant, but God is close at hand. So close, in fact, that God is in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have His spiritual DNA, if I could say it that way. Jesus said, when the Spirit comes to you, it's going to teach you all things that sheds light on the Word of God and the truths of God's kingdom so that you can understand what before was just kind of ignorance to you and it didn't make any sense at all. Jesus said that when the Spirit comes, it will guide you into all truth. I think the primary purpose of that is biblical truth. But all of us have been in seasons in our life when we didn't know where to turn or what to do, but the Holy Spirit inside of us gave us direction and peace and understanding. I thank God that the Holy Ghost comes alongside to guide me. It is in me to guide the steps of my life. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said when the Spirit comes in your life, it will make you free from the law of sin and death. It gives you power over sin. There are so many people who tell me through the years when I get my life all right, then I'm going to serve God. But can I tell you that day will only come when you turn to God from your sins and let Him give Him the spirit of truth and righteousness in you. When the Holy Ghost comes, it will give you power to live like you really know you ought to live. Paul said, sometimes you're praying and you don't really know how to pray. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. You begin to pray and in the Spirit, God begins to pray through you with understanding that only God could possibly know. I'm glad that I can pray in the Holy Ghost and keep myself in the love of God and pray my way through things that I can never figure out or understand with my intellect, but the Holy Ghost gives me that kind of power. Not only that, but Paul spoke of the fruit of the Spirit. The initial Evidence that you've received the Holy Spirit is that you speak with other tongues. But as God begins to work in your life, and Jesus Christ is not just an experience, but He is the Lord, and you have a relationship with Him, then His character begins to be formed in your life through the fruit of the Spirit. You have love and joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance, against which there is no law because the character of God begins to be formed in your life. You know, I want to do a parenthesis right now. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues. And it is the initial sign of the Holy Ghost. 
But there are some people that feel like just speaking in tongues means that they have the approval of God on their life even when they do not have the fruit of the Spirit. If you have the Spirit and you have it very long, it's going to begin to change you and build into you the character of Jesus Christ. So when you walk away from an experience of tongues, you're going to have Christ in you. His nature, His character. Amen? It's going to change who you are. That is the fruit of the Spirit. But not only that. You know, it's kind of like a sales pitch. But wait, there's more. Not only do you have relationship and teaching and guidance and the fruit of the Spirit that's developed naturally in your life by the abiding presence of the Lord. But Paul taught that the Spirit also gives us spiritual gifts. Amen. Everybody in the body of Christ, word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and it all comes by the Holy Ghost. Now the reason I'm saying that right now is that I believe that we should have the nature of God imparted and cultivated in our lives by the Spirit. But the Lord did not give us the Holy Ghost to make us an anemic, weak, lifeless church. He gifted His church spiritually with powerful gifts for ministry. And not just people that stand behind pulpits or are in full-time ministry. That's why I told you what Joel said. It's the servants and handmaids and young people and old people. No matter who you are, educated or ignorant, intelligent or not, rich or poor, if the Holy Ghost is in your life, it is there to give you power. The same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. It empowers you with spiritual giftedness. Amen. Resurrection power. Power to witness to others in Acts chapter 1. Jesus said, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I'm going to give you power and you're going to be able to pray for people. You're going to be able to share my word with them. I'm going to give you supernatural power. In fact, Jesus said in Mark chapter 16 that if you are spirit-filled, a believer, in the name of Jesus, you can cast out devils, you will speak with new tongues. If you have an occasion like Paul did to have a snake, a venomous snake, latch onto your hand, he said they'll take up serpents, not intentionally. They shall not harm them. I'm saying that because we've had people come to church before here and wanted to know where we kept them. And the answer to that is as far away as possible. We do not handle snakes here on purpose. Like Paul, we believe that God can deliver you if you get snake bit. 
That's in the Bible. And Jesus said you can drink any deadly thing and it will not harm you that believers, people like I'm looking at right now, will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You shouldn't be shy about praying for your spouse or your child or your co-worker. You should believe that that same G, that power that raised up Jesus from the dead is operational in your life. And it is not there just to get you to heaven or make you feel good. It is in you to empower you to do ministry, to change the world and bring people to Jesus. Jesus said something that is pretty incredible to me. He told His disciples in John chapter 14, verse 12, if you believe on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. He gave us power of attorney to conduct His business on this earth by using His name to see the power of God change the lives of people. Now Jesus, in the days of His flesh, was confined to one body, the form of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But when Jesus ascended into heaven, He came back in His Spirit, by His Spirit. He filled everyone who believed in Him and received the Holy Ghost. So now it is not Jesus here or Jesus there, but it is Jesus everywhere. Every Holy Ghost filled person represents God to their world and the works that Jesus did are now multiplied exponentially for wherever you go, Christ in you goes there with you and you have the power of the Holy Ghost working through you. Well, how do I get that? I mean, do I just kind of stand there and God zaps me if He wants to. And, you know, I've had people say, well, if He wants me to have the Holy Ghost, He can give it to me. Well, guess what? He wants you to receive the Spirit. It is the, it is the gift of God. It is God's intention for everyone who hungers and thirsts after righteousness to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> And when they received the Holy Spirit on that birthday of the church, the day of Pentecost, a lot of people gathered around and said, what does this mean? And some thought they were drunk. And Peter said, they're not drunk as you suppose. You know, it's the nine o'clock in the morning. This is what Joel prophesied about him. He preached to them that they were responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus, but God had raised him from the dead. And in their conviction or condemnation of sin, they said, what shall we do? What do we need to do to get in a right relationship with God Almighty? And Peter told them, it's on the screens, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, turn from your sins, confess and forsake them. Repentance means a change of mind. Isn't just to cry because you're caught. 
is to genuinely confess your sins and turn away from your old life and turn toward the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Today we had a precious man baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He had never experienced what it was like to go down in the water in the name of Jesus. But we took him to a changing room where we have garments and towels and warm, clean water in our baptistry. And we obeyed what the Bible teaches and we baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins because repentance and baptism together are the work of God to to put your sins under the blood of Jesus Christ and position you for the gift of God, the Holy Ghost. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, it's unto you. And it's to your children. And it is to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you've been feeling God's call in your life, you've been feeling God saying, I know you don't deserve it, but I love you anyway. I know you've not been living right, but I died for you anyway. And I want to turn your life around. And if you will believe me, and if you will turn from your sins, I will lead you into a saving relationship with me. In this room today, we have a lot of electronic gadgets. Did you notice that? And this morning they gave us a little trouble. These speakers are powered by electricity. My microphone is powered by electricity. The keyboard, the organ, the guitar, the lighting, all the sound system, it is powered by electricity. All of these accessories are brought to you by electricity. And there are a lot of things that people want from God. They want the gifts of the Spirit. They want the character of Jesus Christ to be developed in their life, the fruit of the Spirit. But they have no power. But when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is like running the main line to the building where you have access to everything that God has promised us. It is brought to you by the power of the Spirit. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Please bow your heads and let's pray. Lord, I pray right now for every person here today who recognizes that they are not in a right relationship with you. And Lord, they may have thought that it is unreachable and impossible for them. They may have not considered themselves as a candidate to be a good Christian, and they've written themselves off. But Lord, we know that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And that you so loved the world that you gave yourself for our sins. So Lord, none of us, none of us have ever earned your mercy or forgiveness. But because you offered it, Lord, we asked. And when we asked you to forgive us of our sins, and when we turned to you, Lord, in your mercy, you forgave us. And you brought us into a relationship. 
And you gave us the power to be able to be your sons and daughters. So I pray today right now for everybody watching online and everybody sitting in the house today that you would give them hope, oh God, that your spirit could make them a new creation in Jesus Christ. Give them hope, oh God, that it could happen to them that they don't have to be on the outside looking in. That your spirit will work in them just as it has in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to illustrate something. I believe that for every person, God loves us so much. He's got so much vested in us, invested in our salvation. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And there are people that want the power of God, but you know it's not working on you. You feel His Spirit calling and drawing you. You wonder, how can this happen for me? But I have learned by the Bible and by experience that when you genuinely ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, when you really turn to Him, that it releases the power of God. Now God is sovereign. He can do whatever He wants. But He designed salvation that He will not violate your will. You basically have to give God permission to forgive your sins and to work in your life. And while it is impossible before you repent... It is impossible for Satan to keep you bound if you will repent. So right now, all across the house, I want to invite you to pray your own prayer. I prayed over this congregation. I prayed over you. But now I would like for everyone to pray. And here's how I want you to pray. I want you to see the Spirit of God as living waters. The Bible calls it that. A river flowing. If there's anything in your life that is restricting the flow of God's power, if there's some junk in you that are impeding God's work in your life, I want you to get it out of your life right now. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Maybe you're not a ranked sinner. Maybe you're a believer. But you know you're living in a way, not enough prayer, not enough access of God to you. But right now, would you just open yourself up? And I want you to praise God. And would you clear the channel so the Spirit can flow to you. Let's pray right now. Everybody, everywhere, would you pray? Lift your voice. Pray your own prayer. Give God access to you. That's it. Maybe there's some idols in your life. Maybe there's some behaviors that God is not pleased with. You're full of everything else but God. Why don't you clean it out today in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. That's it. Lift your voice. Would you lift your voice? Every believer now. I need some folks that understand prayer, please, to join me. I don't want to pray in the mic now because you'll listen to me. But I'm encouraging you. Maybe you're a first time guest. Would you just pray and ask Jesus for mercy? Maybe you've been away from God. You've written yourself off. But Jesus can bring you home today.
no matter what you've done. That's it, pray. Hallelujah. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name today. That's it, go ahead. Open your heart to the Lord and right out loud, talk to Jesus Christ. Amen.